there's not a lot of texts that can sort of hold the weight of a musical. If you're going to have characters break into song and tell you about how they feel, I mean, we all know it can be really sort of cheesy and a little bit, as Australians say, daggy. And so I'm very interested in these sort of texts that ask big questions, like Matilda, like, how do you escape oppression and how do you stand up to bullies and what do you do if you don't have love? Where do you find love? What is family if your family's broken? Where do you find a family? Groundhog Day. It opened here, I think I'm right to saying in 2016, at the Old Vic, where yeah. we are talking to you now. My favourite theatre in the world. Yeah. It's stunning. Mm -hmm. You then took it to, to Broadway. Yeah. Um, Broadway, lovely, warm, cuddly Broadway. Well, that's <laughs> interesting that you describe it like that because <laughs> some of the reviews were incredible. A Hollywood Reporter described it like this. Groundhog Day is a delirious reinvention with its own defiantly unique personality and relentless forward-backward spin that leaves you smiling, exhilarated and giddy. The New York Times described you as insanely talented. And yet, for various reasons, it closed early. Mm. What effect did that have on you? It's hard not to feel like you failed or that you've been rejected. Probably it's more that. And Broadway can make, especially outsiders, non-Americans, it can really make you feel like, like you've been slapped down. It actually put a chip on my shoulder, I think. Like it, it, and it's the worst attribute in a person as lucky as me to be chippy. But I already have a bit of a chip because um, it took me till I was about 30 for anyone to employ me at all, you know, which included every agent in Australia, you know, saying no and, you know, and so I was already a bit like, you know, I'm, I'm all right, you know, and, and, and then when you take a couple of hits like, and you lose a lot of time, it made me quite cross. But of course, you're constantly going, what are you cross about? I mean, you've achieved phenomenal success, but, but, but you are still driven. What is motivating you? Well, I think it's just habit. So when, um, when Groundhog Day closed on Broadway and not being dramatic about that effect, but it did make me feel uh, sort of bit, I don't know, like more down than I'd felt for a while. Are you happy right now? Pretty good, yeah. Really good. And actually, like... like is it hard to say that? Mm. Yeah, I'm happy. Well, it's hard to say it because it's 2023 and I'm a straight white dude and, and what I'm meant to say and I, I feel it as well as I'm privileged and there's a, certainly a sense of like... You've got to choose one, your language. Yeah, you don't want to say I'm... Oh, that's also my, just my upbringing. I mean, yeah, it yeah. feels smug to go, yeah, nailing it, you know. And also, it's, I really believe in people being honest and there's nothing more sort of nauseating than a privileged, wealthy person going, yeah, it's hard. Um, and I don't think it's very hard, but I do think the human condition, and this is what Groundhog Day is about, is ha happiness is not the natural state. I don't think it ever was in our evolution. I think it's a, it's a relative state. I want to ask you, you are obviously a master of... of, of what? Words, <laughs> words. Yeah. The way you speak, the way you write. And, and just a moment or two ago, you said, oh, but I also have to say I'm privileged, mm. I'm this, I'm that. Mm. Can I ask you what you think about the policing of language when it comes to writing lyrics, books, comedy? I think the main thing we all need to get better at is um, sitting in ambivalence. And part of the problem with how we police behaviour and language is it doesn't allow for much ambivalence. It's very, can be very uh, 
prescriptive. It could lead down the road to you potentially being cancelled. Is that what you're worried about? Oh, yeah, I'm worried about being cancelled. The language is hopeless, though, so again, there has to be ambiguity. There has to be ambivalence in every conversation. My super progressive lefty friends who say there is no such thing as cancel culture, it's just powerful people getting what they deserve. I mean, that is gaslightingly naive. That is, if you still think that, you're as bad as a climate denier. If you don't think there's a problem with call-out culture or public shaming, I prefer to talk about public shaming, for all people, for women and people of colour, and it's not, it's not working the way you... If you think it's just working on old, rich, you know, stale, pale male dudes, you're not looking at the world. People are hurt by public shaming when they don't deserve to be all day, every day, and it's grotesque, and it's psychopathic, and it, and it requires that you don't stand in another person's shoes. I don't have any secrets. I, I'm not going to get cancelled because I, I don't... There's no skeletons in my closet. Some of my comedy hasn't aged particularly well, but, I mean, if we haven't figured out that that's a truth yet, then, you know... But it doesn't affect you when you're writing now, well, not in really, 2023. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I was done with satire anyway. I, I, I've moved on. So, no, it doesn't. Okay. People go, did you give up comedy because you're scared of being cancelled? I'm like, no, I gave up comedy because I did, I did it. It was amazing. Uh, Tim Minchin, thank you very much for talking to Newsnight. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much and good luck.